Okay, skippity bop, welcome to the Campground Podcast. Um, okay, so this is a continuation of a previous podcast that I released, which was Kaya Dory of Novel Supply Co. with Tori Swanson, a very talented artist. Today's conversation is now the reverse of that. So basically, I sat them down, we had a conversation that primarily revolved around Kaya and uh, Tori was there adding some supplementary features. And now for the second part of the conversation for this podcast, it'll be primarily me conversing with Tori, but definitely Kaya is still involved in the conversation. So if you hear a third voice, don't be scared, homie. Okay, so to reiterate from last conversation, uh, remember that Kaya and Tori are collaborating together uh, Kaya's company is releasing a line of clothing that has some of Tori's artwork put onto it. And uh, they're doing a pop-up shop over at uh, Dish and Doer, the jean company on uh, West Hastings, and that'll be in March. Okay, so we'll get into the conversation. Keep in mind the dates that I have. If you're in the Vancouver area, come check out one of my classes, uh, any of the studios I teach at. Also, I'm leading a workshop which will be February 25th, which is the Sunday at 1.45 to 3.45 at One Yoga for the People, which again is in West Hastings. So you can, uh, I guess, you know what, the pop-up shop won't be quite available yet, but you can um, scout out Dish Endure, awaiting the Novel Supply Co. Uh, go get yourself a pair of nice stretchy jeans and uh, come in, check out my workshop. Workshop that we're doing back to the old uh, format for the yoga and conversations over coffee. So that will be, again, sponsored by Milano Coffee Roasters, which I'm super happy to get to drink their coffee. Okay, without further ado, get into the conversation with the very talented uh, Tori Swanson. Skibbity bop, get from podcast. Amazing. Okay. Okay. Uh, you're in the hot seat. Okay. Bring him on. Yeah. I felt like I was ignoring you. That was. <laughs> no, I was like I that's going to be the plan for what happens. Oh yeah, no, I was. So I was now that you... story that you were saying you weren't going to share. What story? Oh, no. your life. It's so long. No, you have no, to it's share not. the story. Okay, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see what we can do with that to sort of elaborate. Where do on I start? It. You'll give us the Cliff Notes. Kaya and I will sort of elaborate on what we think you're talking sure. about. And we'll make it into a full-length podcast for me. Okay, so where do I start? You start, the egg was split into two. (laughs) I was born first. Let that be remembered. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The competitive one. Right? Clearly. How, how, like, what's the difference between you and Kelsey time-wise? 20 minutes. Oh. Poor mom. Natural? Yeah. Mom's a saint. I know. She just had her 60th birthday. Happy birthday, Lynn. We did a surprise party for her. (laughs) Weekend? Yeah, she's pretty surprised. Oh, yeah, on Saturday. It's good. Yeah. So I would say I know your mom from yoga. Yeah. Um, probably more than I know you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you want the deets, don't you? Um, Oh, I'm always wondering. Yeah. Definitely. Um, No, I'm interested in. your your process as an artist yeah for sure um okay well i guess i'll, I'll just start when i was 18 
struggled with anorexia and bulimia um, heavily. I was depressed. It started with anxiety and treated anxiety turned into depression, which manifested as an eating disorder. Um, I had epilepsy as a kid, but I grew out of it and I've always wondered if something in my brain caused me to be a bit more prone to depression, Hmm. like the chemicals or imbalances, but that's long gone now. Um, I, so funny, I like didn't pay attention to any of the signs growing up, but I, if I look back on my course, courses of grade 12, I took five fine art courses and I took like three academic classes. I was lucky that I was in French version, so I took a lot of the tests early. Um, but when I went to go apply to universities, I didn't get into any school I wanted to, but all of the fine art schools. And I was pissed off. I was like, I'm not going to this. My parents were like pushing me to go to fine art school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did. I went to Langara my first year. Was there, is the reason for this is, did you want to go into a specific program? Yeah. I wanted have... to get into fashion. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Same I wanted way. to get into fashion. <laughs> yeah. And, or like, I was thinking about doing like international business or politics or something like that. Um, cause I've been fascinated by culture, many different cultures. Um, and, uh, yeah, so went to Langara my first year, hated it. Absolutely hated it. Cause I felt like I was supposed to be somewhere else. I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. And I remember a drawing class. I was late, my least favorite. And my teacher used to pick me out of the crowd and say, you've got a talent for expression drawing or line drawing. And I'd be like, oh my God, don't look at me, please. Like, don't show my work. I'm so embarrassed. And uh, I decided to like not listen to him and I went to academic school afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went, tra- I did a lot of traveling after that. Um, went to Asia, that's where I met Kaya. Came back and I was accepted into fashion school in New York. Right away, got um, a huge ass loan. The day I was supposed to leave, everything was working out like it was supposed to. Went to New York and had the worst time of my life. Wow. Had the worst time. I felt like I was, I mean, don't get me wrong, I felt like I was living what I dream life was supposed to look like, but mm-hmm. I was just so unhappy. And um, How old are you at this point? I had just turned, maybe just 20. Okay. Um, and I was there for a while, and I, it was my choice to come home, but I just got too sick and tired of being out there by myself to like continue living out there. Um, and I was mentally so ill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I came home, it was like the most awkward thing, connecting with my parents again. They didn't know how to help me. I felt alienated. I didn't know who I was. I lost my zest for life. It was I was just so depressed. Um, and one of the things that got me out of this was going back into drawing class. My mom had suggested that I pick up my pen and pencil again, whatever. So she like generously bought me Keppel campuses, and I would just like lock myself in my room and paint until I fell asleep. Mm. Like just express myself. And I decided I wanted to go to drawing classes and uh, I dropped into Emily Carr. And this was one of the turning moments in my life where I just saw this full figured woman just on the platform with like 50 students and just like, you know, like drawing every expression of the pose. And I was just so enamored with how this woman brave, not perfect but like allowing herself to be seen in every angle. And here I was too afraid to look at her because I was afraid that she'd think I was staring too long or self-criticizing, right? But she didn't care. That's what she was hired to do it, but she was enjoying it. And so I remember leaving that class and thinking, I want to be like that. I'm going to be like that. That is like the most magical being I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And um, I had hosted my first art show at Lululemon and Kaya was there. They were so gracious to like lend me the store for the night. 
And this woman, at before it opened, saw, had... Is this at Park Royal? Yeah. This is another sign. Um, this woman had come and she's like, I'm from Langley. I just saw a sign in Park Royal that you were having an art show. I felt like I had to go and I wanted to tell you this. And it was like, <laughs> it was like insane. Like she was just like, she told me that my sketches really spoke and that I need to focus my attention there. And she's like, I really don't know why I'm saying this. I don't know who you are. I don't know why I'm here. I'm just going to go back kind of thing. She was like <laughs> totally sending me a message. And I made like a bunch of money that night. People were like buying my sketches and whatever. And then people started soon after that asking for their own portraits and I was like super uncomfortable with that like people I knew and but I so it's so sorry at yeah. the time <laughs> the art that you're that you're displaying at the Lululemon show is just uh, line drawings you've done line drawings in, and in, paintings okay and, and uh, there's no live drawing it's just, no 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 okay. yeah just just not yet not yet <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and people started asking for their own portraits and I was really uncomfortable with it at first mm-hmm. But I needed the money, and I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> um, and so I did that for, I don't know, a year or two, without really any purpose as to why I was doing it, and feeling uncomfortable every time. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was, like, really on the, like, recovery side of my eating disorder, and this is, like, I would say I was 23 at the time, 26 now, and I had put on a bunch of weight, because when you're recovering, you tend to, like, put weight back on. And I was really insecure about it. And uh, I felt like I hadn't ever looked like that. I didn't know who it was in the mirror. And a lot of it was stress hormones at the time. And um, I had hired, decided that I was so unhappy with my body that I, I really wanted to be on a good terms with it. And I hired a photographer. I was like, hey, would you be open to doing this kind of trade? Like, I really want you to take photos of me so I can love my body and I'll in return draw you. And she was super down for it and we did it and it was like oh my god the most emotional experience of my life undressing in front of somebody i don't know and like literally sitting here and taking non-sexualized photos of my body because mm-hmm. sexualized it's just like i can't do that that's mm-hmm. so not me that is so unrelatable mm-hmm. and i just wanted to see it for what it was which was a healthy uh, vessel that could give me life who was the photographer alexa mazzarella and uh, we, we did the exchange. And I saw the photos and I cried. So unhappy. So it became a show, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that show, I think I had like 350 plus people show up to that show. And I like, I spoke. And I kid you not, you guys, that was the moment of my life where I felt completely liberated from my body. Because it's like my whole community saw me naked. My dad, my uncle, my <laughs> grandma, like my boss. <laughs> but like I, I was alive. <laughs> afterwards I was alive and uh I remember that moment was like aha this is why I'm doing these portraits for women so they can have that same experience I did Mm -hmm. which was being seen which was knowing they're beautiful which was feeling empowered and in control or not in control and giving them that chance to like finally see their body is for what it is and not like exactly like what it's designed to be you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so Kaya, entrepreneur, <laughs> Novel Supply Co. Uh, you were on the sidelines watching the majority, the bulk of this transformation, right? Mm-hmm. So what did, what is your perspective on this story so far as you get what is a, becoming more than the sort of Cole's notes? I, yeah, I've, I've been with Tori since like nearly the beginning. Mm-hmm. I would say like after you know, after New York and 
um, I had heard about all of the the struggles that she had and um, I don't know I feel like we were just like in each other's lives for a reason and I gave her a lot of hard advice yeah it was tough love <laughs> tough love yeah. and um there was crying and screaming at each other sometimes <laughs> but like we always made up and we yeah. always made it better and um I just I saw a lot of I saw a lot in Tori like I knew she was really talented and I I don't know I just knew we were definitely meant to be in each other's Mm -hmm. lives because something we were going to be doing great things but then also be doing great things together and like it's just really inspiring to see her growth and how she's come from because like I think everyone has that voice in the back of their head and they're like you know they struggle with body image like I did in high school I think everyone has struggled with that at some point so it's amazing and I when I did a portrait with Tori I was like I was so nervous I had to have (laughs) tequila shots before (laughs) I got undressed because I was like and she was like one of my best friends and I was like this is crazy like why am I so nervous and then when I gotten dressed like Tori is I don't know there's something about her (laughs) vibe that she is just like makes you feel so comfortable and also the fact that she's seen like a bajillion people naked that also made me feel at ease and she's just super comfortable and we just chatted like as if I didn't have as if I had clothes on and I was like this is just the coolest experience and I did have that same experience after where I was just like wow like this is just who I am and like it felt so good just to be like and I told so many people about it I was like you gotta get a portrait done like you gotta do this it's the craziest most liberating feeling ever and um so yeah it's just been really cool to be a part of her journey and see her grow and watch her do like the craziest things and art shows and um yeah yeah, it's taking new form, looking into murals and putting... Kaya is one of a few um, designers. Well, I mean, only working with Kaya for clothing right now, but um, some swimsuit lines and um, doing some product, putting stuff in product. So so with Kaya's experience of feeling liberated yeah. after getting sketched, is that common? Oh, yeah. Very common. And sometimes I'll get in my head before and I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, it's weird like weird that like I've tried to run away from doing this like I there's been years where I'm like I'm not doing this anymore like it's mm-hmm. weird I'm moving on but it keeps coming back and I'm like all right I'm just the person that draws naked people I guess but it's more <laughs> than that like it, it's more it's like about gifting someone the opportunity to change their lives is what it is and then have a memorabilia of that moment mm-hmm. of their artwork and it made a really good birthday gift for Chris yeah it makes really <laughs> great birthday gifts for boyfriends but I actually this is something I really I want to emphasize is that um, it's I'm more for yourself. Yes, but also I'm I'm working more with trans, mm. and I'm super excited about it. Um, we what I yes I draw female figures right now. I've drawn men in the past, and I'm looking and excited to work with trans. And I've been in conversations with a few, and um, the essence of what I'm drawing yes looks like a female figure because right now I've worked with women. But the divine feminine lives in you, Kent, in me, in people that are non-gender binary. And it's the essence. It's like 
energy because I also carry male energy mm-hmm. and I've been a man in my past lives if you want to go that far right so it's like tuning into that feminine side that allows us to connect and with the, the loving side of who we are yeah tell me more about your past lives oh I don't know too much about that <laughs> <laughs> conversation <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's staring into her soul right yeah <laughs> the kent stare a little bit i so you're you're convinced about past lives mm. yes and no i don't think they matter really Kinda. i think if we can get too attached to them but i don't know I mean, I'm super open-minded and I've always been, you know, I've watched all the medium shows and I, I, um, have gone to psychic several times. That's actually what made me go on the hunt for my birth family. But, um, none of what she said came true or was true. So now I'm a little skeptical, um, but I'm super like I'm super open-minded. I'm I'm pretty spiritual, so um, yeah. I don't really have like a no or a yes. So part of the offerings when people get their portraits done, as I do intuitive readings, mm-hmm. I've done a lot of psychic development on myself, mm-hmm. um, especially psychic mediumship. So I can, if I can, I can connect for other people. If and typically I, I will draw those who are interested in the psychic intuition, but I'm really careful with what I share. So it's not futuristic stuff. It's all about why are you here? Let's set intentions. Let's remove some blockages so you can go into this room in your portrait and feel 100%. That's what I use it for. But so is, is that a skill, um, feeling psychic? Is that something you innately feel that you're born with or something that you're able to, anyone is able to start to refine for themselves? Anyone, everyone is, has that ability mm. it's believing your gut instinct intuition and then practicing because mm. it's like when you think because think about it, if you think about someone who's passed away and you really think about them and you feel them they're not gone they're like they're here it's, right. we're all our soul work, it's soul work right like we're not mm-hmm. you know, they're not actually dead mm-hmm. their soul lives on and it's just connecting with their soul and then and I totally believe in that aspect <laughs> because I because I've just yeah. I've had a few friends that have passed away and like much too early but I often feel like yeah. presence or like like just a feeling and yeah so and you can build that yeah you can build it it's a muscle one of the things I like to do on the podcast is I ask people if they have ghost stories do you have ghost stories many many ghost stories what's your most enticing ghost story Kaya any ghost stories let me think on it I think I I think I do but I don't know if it's like me making it up if it was like a dream and then I thought it would but it probably wasn't probably real probably real yeah (laughs) but I think I blocked them out of my memory I have two ghost stories I've told them a bunch of times to sort of prompt the conversation for the podcast um but both of them involve me being asleep and waking up into a situation, which gives me a lot of like, I don't know. Lucid yeah. Uh, it just sort of like the problem is, is it's like I'm not like at work doing something and then a ghost story happens. It's like I kind of I was asleep <laughs> yeah. or, and then something woke me up. Yeah. Uh, well, with both of them, really, that's the situation. 
That's because the veil is the thinnest when you're asleep. You're the most open and susceptible. Interesting. Or you're dreaming. You all lucid dreaming, but dreaming is a way of connecting with. Are you either of you able to lucid dream at all? No, my boyfriend Chris is often like he's he's in his dream like something's happening and he's like wake me up like he'll like just oh, say yeah like he can't get out and he he like yeah, he'll say help me help me help that me intense. I have the opposite of that two times I can recall like I'm dreaming let's try and fly and being able to fly for about a second before I wake up two times that happened but it's just like I'm way too conscious and aware yeah. when it happens yeah it's just, I wake up immediately right hmm. oh not, I have a good I'm not envious of not being able to wake up in yeah. a situation like that yeah um okay um lay it on us Kaya <sighs> when I was in China and uh I was on a study tour and we were going to we stayed in this hotel. We stayed at the university, basically on campus, and a bunch of things happened that were just like too weird for it to be like this place was for sure haunted. We like first of all went into our room, and um, the curtains were open, and then we like left for like not very long. We went and grabbed something and came back, and they were closed. And that was like, okay, we were just like, oh, maybe the housekeeping, there's no housekeeping there. It's like, <laughs> it's like a <laughs> university campus. Um, and then we were, the lights in the building were on sensors, like they were on um, motion sensors, I think, or not motion. They were on sound sensors or something. It was, it was weird. And we were, in, we were down the hallway. It was like super dark down the hallway and we were like, waiting around no lights were coming on and then they kind of like flickered and there was somebody standing at the end just like standing there like facing us and all you could see was the silhouette and then they flickered off and then on again and he was gone and we were like okay and then we went down and basically everyone had had something weird happen to them like we had we had lots of different rooms and the worst was my teacher who was on the study tour with us was like I was in my room and the wind was so loud outside and I was just like this is so weird like why is it so loud so he opened the window and dead quiet he was like weird so he closed it the wind started up again like super loud he's like this is so weird he opens it dead quiet the next day we all left we were like we cannot deal with this place they booked another hotel like our teachers were all like losing it and i was like okay well it wasn't just me who was like crazy the whole place was way too eerie so we moved like 40 minutes outside of town to this other hotel and then we had to like commute in every day but worth it (laughs) but it was worth it (laughs) yeah so yeah that's one of my ghost stories so tori when do you get interested in sort of communing with the other side um i always so uh, the like my mom's side is very intuitive and i grew up seeing spirit all the time and being afraid because i was told they were ghosts and like that's scary and they like will harm you based on like tv and all that stuff and you have to be careful so i shut it off for many years and then the last and there's been episodes like 
Um, when my papa passed away, he would always come into my room and hug me. Mm. It was the weirdest thing at the time. And I just mm-hmm. could see a silhouette and he'd come in and I'd be like, Ugh! and I'd put my like covers up, but then I would just feel a hug of warmth around me. He was like, he would do this a few times. Um, and then the second, well, the recent, there's been many others, but the most recent. Um, That's when you're younger? Yeah, I was like 15. Um, I don't really remember the other ones because I was so young, but um, recently, this last year, before I decided to quit my job in 2017, I used to wake up and my room would be filled or I would see like filled with spirit or I would see this one woman all the time, like beside me. Sometimes she'd be naked. Sometimes she would be not because they communicate with you. Like they show themselves in ways they think you're going to like, like uh, relate and uh, freak out or like it was in the summertime and I was sleeping outside and I woke up. It's not windy at all. But somebody was rubbing me and I thought it was my boyfriend, but he's dead asleep, turn around on the other side. And I would wake up and it would happen all the time. Like even during the day, I would get someone rubbing my head or like arms. Mm. And I decided to seek help because I was like, I'm fucking, sorry, afraid. (laughs) And I need to get this done. I'm afraid I need to help. So I went on a retreat and uh, I learned how to like take control and um mediumship came really natural to me um connecting with other i need to be in tune not like there yet mm-hmm. but like if we sat down and we i did a meditation before i could connect with whoever passed and deliver messages that way um but now and like feeling my like feeling like there's people around me all the time and i'm home alone and sometimes i used to come home and there's just like random puddles of water in my house or like my fridge will just open sometimes I'm now much more comfortable with it. So, like, I, I can't even believe I can say that I'm comfortable with, like, spirit around me. Right. But, um, yeah, it's just, I have to tell them, like, I have to visually turn off the knob and, like, I'm not working today, you guys, or, like, tell them to leave. Um, Whoa. <laughs> this is really int- <laughs> This is so far from my artwork now, but, like, <laughs> but I use that now to, like, give, like, really, like, nice readings to people before they come in. Yeah. When we've been talking, that bag over there, the, um, straps keep lowering now is that a ghost or is that the straps keep falling (laughs) i think it's i don't know i'm just saying like i felt really fucking cold just a minute ago like shivering cold Mm. well you did put on your jacket no no, but like even with my jacket on i was really cold oh (laughs) well here's the thing my fireplace makes a bunch of noise so when I have people coming over for a podcast, I turn the fireplace off like an hour before people arrive. So that it doesn't go... Yeah, so the longer the conversations go, the less and less comfortable it becomes. But It's it's our sign so that we're getting kicked part, out. That could be part of it. No, just kidding. could be part of it. Such but it could also just be that the strap is coming down. It's a friendly ghost for sure. Do you get like hot or cold? Cold. You get freezing. Cold. Interesting. Shivering. Wow. I want to know more. Later. Later. What questions do you have for Tori? Well, I just want to know who it is. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I have to like, like open myself up to it and like meditate on it for a bit and I'll go up here. So I can, like I'm clairvoyant. So like my third eye can, I get visions. Mm. So I, I can, They'll show themselves to me, like their face to me. Uh, I'll either know who they are or they'll send me their name or something like that. Write their name out. How does this influence your art practice? Um, I think exactly like what I was saying before, like provide, provide people with a space to like 
cre- create the, for themselves to create the space of vulnerability. So it's like helping them clear their chakras or helping them remove blockages and ask them like why they're here, mm-hmm. set the intention and intuitively like help them. I think that's that's how I know to use it right now. I know I'm not like actively doing readings for people because I, a, I don't know, I just don't feel comfortable, doesn't feel right with who I am and stuff. So that's how I'm using it right now. And also for me, when I'm by myself, can like taking a minute to connect with my guides or like spirit and allowing that to move through me when I create artwork. Hmm. So there might be some people listening to this that are interested in sitting down and having you do a portrait of them. Yeah. What is the best way for people to do that? Um, send me an email or Instagram. Um, go to my website, toriswanson.com. Instagram is at Tori S. Swanson. Um, and you get my email off both of those sites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you do, so are you still doing different shows or things like that where people could see your work and see you in person? Um, right now I'm just doing pop-ups. The last two years I've been focusing on just portraits, like commission pieces. Um, I am creating the space and putting it out there that I'm, I want to host an exhibit for June in June. So stay tuned. We'll see. I know no real plans yet. What type of space are you thinking for that? White space. I know it's white. It's smaller. Mm. White. Like a actual art like gallery. Yeah. Mm. Kaya? Um, where people can find me. Yeah. Uh so yeah, the next one is the Dish and Doer pop up March first. Otherwise check my Instagram at Novel Supply Co for any updates on that. Um, we're going to have a launch party the first night. It's live music and some media is going to be there. So it's going to be super fun. Um, and then after that, I'll be at Fall for Local and Refresh, which are both at the end of April, um, April 27th to 29th, I believe. And then um, I think that's it for now. But they can always check my, my Instagram and my website. It's www.novelsupply.com for any like events. I like your web. Did you do your website? Yeah. Did you design it? Yeah. I had I had a bit of help from my, my friends over at Shopify. But um, <laughs> yeah, most of like the, the content and the images and stuff I've placed. <laughs> Why Novel Supply Co? Um, when I was first starting to think of a name I I really I saw the word novel somewhere and I really liked the way that it looked and then I also when I was coming up with the idea I was like this is a novel idea like this is no one's doing this yet and so novel and then supply co because I want to be supplying different sustainable rad products um, so I, I have sourced a few of those and I'm working on a few new things like potentially pineapple leather, which is really so exciting cool. and, um, super expensive, but, um, looking is into pineapple different pineapple leather, what it sounds like. Yeah. It's made from pineapple, like okay. the skin, the, not the outer layer, but like the green part of it, I think. Wow. Yeah. Like just the waste from pineapple basically. Yeah. So not actually like you're not actually like cutting pineapples and like using that. It's like the waste from the harvesting of the pineapples. Yeah. Um, and so it's like biodegradable and everything like that. And it looks yeah. like leather. So you don't have to kill any animals for it, which is really cool. Yeah, very cool. Okay, thank you both.
Thank Thanks you. Again. Thanks for having us. Yeah. That was fun. I love that story. Story of resilient people, uh, both Tori and Kaya, overcoming different challenges in life, finding themselves, finding their true voice, becoming artists, becoming entrepreneurs. I love it. And this is uh, why I like doing these podcasts, just giving people an opportunity to inspire others, least of all inspire me to keep going on this path. Um, so check out their uh, pop-up shop at Dish Endure. Check out their uh, respective websites. And uh, come visit me February 25th at One Yoga for the People for yoga and conversations over delicious Milano coffee. Skibbity-bop. Don't text and drive. Get ganked. Get unganked. Can't run podcasts.